Hello and welcome to Make It Rain. I'm your host, Hillary Hagerman. And I'm Elizabeth DiFilippo. We've got some pretty special news coming up later, don't we, Lib? It's a pretty big deal. We will reveal our special news to you faithful listeners a little later on, but you have to stay tuned in, so don't think about leaving us. But before that, um, we have some stuff to talk about. It's a big Royals week, like probably the biggest since I started here. Except for maybe Kate's baby. That, oh yeah. I just Meh. blocked it all out like childbirth. You had a, a dream not that long ago. Did I you did. Know a couple of days ago, I purposely came into the office and told you so that I could put it on record. I had a dream that Meghan Markle was going to announce that she was having a baby in April 2019. Monday morning, what do we find out? For those of you who don't know, that is what we found out. I'm so, like, we've known about this for weeks, though. Yeah, we've had a theory that she's pregnant for about three weeks now. Um, And body shamers will say it's because we think she's getting fat. That's not it. That's not it. It's because her bum was getting bigger. (laughs) I thought you said it was because she looked like she had just come from throwing up. Well, that too. (laughs) But she, I'm just saying she was very thin girl and her bum had a little bit more. I say it once, I say it again. You got to build the foundation before you can build the house. Them's are childbirth and hips. I'm just saying, I look at Meghan Markle more than I look at myself in the mirror. I notice when our butt gets bigger. You notice when my butt gets bigger? I don't want to tell you anything. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, butts aside, um, they're pregnant. It's... It's official. It's official. Apparently she's in her second trimester. So reported by people, she's about 15 weeks along. That's a long time to hide a pregnancy, I guess. I don't really know. I think that's normal. Typically people wait until their 12 week scan. Yeah, sure. But like literally I'd be like roll over in bed and be like, I'm pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) The second post coital that it happens. (laughs) Lights a cigarette. I'm pregnant. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the baby, baby, royal baby, is due in April 2019, which you called no um, indication if it'll be a girl or a boy yet, what the names might be. We're going to have to wait for that. Typically, royals don't announce the sex of their child. Whether or not they find out privately is another thing. So I don't think that we're ever going to find out what Meghan and Harry are having until the very morning. I texted you this morning and said, I wish it was Friday. Friday in May 2019. This is just too much royal stuff all the time. It's new not, news. I know. It's Can't not the, up. It's not even the, the baby. It's the waiting for the name announcement. That's So all of April is going to be just waiting by our phones like... Hoping that it's not born in the middle of the night because that will just ruin everything. It's going to be stressful. It will. Um, We were talking about this after Princess Hujini? Eugene. Eugene. Apparently we've been saying her name wrong the whole time. Yeah. It's It's not not Eugene. It's Eugene. Eugene. Yeah. Yeah, You got to get a little Cockney accent going there. You have to say it like, use your knee. Uh, So... Apparently, Harry and Meghan did something that we think is horrific. And at Princess Eugenie's special day, they revealed their pregnancy. They stole the spotlight and told all their friends and family that they were pregnant. So I've at her wedding. I've had some mixed reviews about this. One person, friend to the pod, 
Lady Gossip said that this was a timing issue and that they had to tell them in person before they went to Australia and everyone could see a baby bump, which there is no baby bump. It's a Thanksgiving dinner bump at best. Yeah. However, for me, I wouldn't be as mad if somebody announced that they were pregnant at my wedding because maybe, you know, they're not drinking. Everyone's going to notice. I'd be more upset if someone proposed at my wedding. I think that's so tacky. I agree. But to me, this is kind of like, like... Eugenie, I'm just going to call her Eugenie. That's that's what she is to me. I find it very difficult to say her true name. I'm sorry if you're listening. Um, but this is kind of like if you had that one really popular, pretty friend in high school and you had like kept in touch, but you felt like you were kind of like the, the ugly duckling compared to her and you invited her to her we- to your wedding. The one day you get to upstage her and she's like, oh, by the way, I'm pregnant. And everyone shifts their attention to her. First of all, I don't have those friendships. I burn them to the ground or don't even get into them. Well, I don't have any friends, so that's <laughs> this is a theoretical situation. It's never happened to me. I can kind of understand because Harry and Meghan have been in the spotlight for like two years. It's been about, all about Harry and Meghan, Harry and Meghan. Before that, it was all about Will and Kate, Will and Kate. Now this is your one chance for all eyes to be on you. Um, but I mean, to be fair, they didn't publicly announce it until the Monday so Eugenie had a full weekend. <laughs> she had wow. three days Woo-hoo. to bask in the glory. Thanks, Harry and Meg. Way to take one for the team, guys. I just don't know why they didn't announce it like two weeks ago. I don't know. Maybe, she's already 15 weeks pregnant. Maybe because then all stories would be just about her at the wedding. They were anyway. Everyone was just saying she is pregnant. That's true. I don't know. We'll never know. I don't know. Let's talk about the wedding. We'll just give you a short update. I know that at this point, it was a while ago, but we have some thoughts that we haven't gotten into yet. What did you think of the wedding? I loved it. (laughs) Just going to say this. Five out of five stars on Rotten Tomatoes. I thought it was the greatest rom-com of the year. Because I felt like... I don't know much about Eugenie and Jack, so I wasn't... uh, I didn't have that, like, oversaturated... I just wanted them to just walk down the aisle, say that they loved each other and blah, blah, blah. But I felt like they were actually very in love. Yeah. And when we were up at the crack of dawn on Friday morning um, to cover the royal wedding, we were kind of talking. We were watching the ceremony. We were like, holy shit, this is long, but it's really good. And they seem to really like each other. Like it was very it had a real personal element that I didn't feel that Meghan and Harry's had the entire way through. Obviously, there's that love there, and you could see that in the special moments with Harry and Meghan. But it's too much, though. I have this thing with Harry and Meghan where I feel like they are so sometimes too tactile, like, with each other. (laughs) Like, you don't need to be holding hands all the time. You don't. Sure, on your wedding day, that's when you can hold each other's hands. But, like, with all the cameras on them, they knew that this was a big event. Like, it was just, they were very aware that all eyes were on them and the the magnitude of this wedding for the royal family. With Eugenie and Jack, it endeared me because, first of all, the weather was shit. That wind. It was really windy. That was the favorite game of the day, was watching people go into the church and, like, their hat blows up and their skirt Tumble blessed. a little page boy down. Yeah, it knocked over two page boys. <laughs> All the the, <laughs> the beautiful decor that they had by the west entrance was just like blowing over in it the was wind. Very fall feels like a true fall fall children wedding, which I like as a child of darkness. 
<laughs> I loved um, I loved the decor, loved the tiara, hated the dress. You hated the dress? Yeah, I'm. I can't be pleased in any way. I. I wouldn't say I. The dress wasn't a ten of t- out of ten for me, but it was leaps and bounds better than Megan's dress in my mind. I thought it fit her really nicely. I thought it was uh, elegant, but still had a bit of a personality. We were talking about this that we wish she would have just worn the reception dress By Zach as Posen. the as the wedding dress in a, a nice white shade. So I read somewhere, and I don't know if this is true, but it sounds like the type of like bitchiness that the royals would be into. That when Megan was getting married, her dress couldn't cost more than Kate Middleton's dress. And like I there were that, specific yeah. rules that she couldn't upstage her. Do you think everyone, like Eugenie had a dress in mind and everyone was like, no, no. Since Megan was shit, yours has to be shit. But it wasn't shit. It was better than Megan's. I loved the reception dress so much. What did you think of the sequined bomber jacket that she wore to her carnival-themed after party? First of all, I hate a theme. The theme is wedding. But what if it's Coachella Royal Chic? I think that's cute. It shows personality. Eugenie seems like just the regular girl. She has a full-time job at a gallery. Like, she's not yeah. a full-time royal. She's just like a cool British girl who moved to New York and really loves Coachella. That's why that's it. The plot line of like a best-selling YA novel. I know. I'm into it. I have it. to leave. <laughs> what do you think about Jack? You know what? I like Jack because he seems like an everyman. He isn't, to me, super attractive. He's not a monster or anything, but he's not like, you don't look at him and you're like, yeah, hey, there's a hot guy. Well, everyone knows that I'm a stan for William. Yes. So I definitely, look, he's not my baldy baby like I like, but he seems... <laughs> <laughs> But he seems, he seems like a nice guy. That's what I said. I said he's a nice looking, a nice guy, just not a nice looking guy. I love that whenever he speaks on camera, he blushes. The thing about Jack to me is, um, you know, he's he's not a royal. To me, he looks like he has some kind of financial advisor role or. Yeah, that's about the only job I can see him in. Honestly, I was saving this for the pod. My first impression was him was like, he looks like an accountant who can fuck. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he looks like just a nice guy that maybe like you never notice in the office and then one day <laughs> you notice him and you're just like, man. How did I miss it all along? So another great part about this wedding was um, Fergie, the Duchess. The star of the show. Sarah Ferguson. She's awesome. She's the best. She was gifable, meme-worthy. She stole the show, in my opinion. And she had to deal with seeing Prince Philip for the first time, or they were photographed together for the first time in... Was it 26 years or something? It was reported Ugh. that the day of the wedding was when he would decide if he was going to go. Which, for reference, where the queen lives at Windsor Castle is literally maybe like a three-minute walk across a pile of grass to get to the chapel. Like, it's not far. 
But people were saying that because of his dislike of Fergie, he wasn't going to go. And because of the fact that people have to carry him like Weekend at Bernie's. He's been dead He's for been 50 dead years. years. <laughs> they put his suit on, put some sunglasses on, a nice neon windbreaker, and they carry him across the yard. A windbreaker? That's yeah. what Bernie wears. I mean, that's what Prince Philip wears. Okay, so... The wedding wraps up. Harry and Meghan ruin it by telling everyone they're pregnant. And then two days later, two and a half days later, they jet off to Australia. They leave everyone in their dust. They arrive looking like a breath of fresh fresh air. Like, I've never gotten off a flight looking as good as they look. When I go on a flight to visit my family in New Brunswick, as a two and a half hour flight, I look haggard. I roll into Fredericton, potentially international airport. I don't think so. Um, And I look like shit. How did... What? I don't know. Um, This is a really big tour. They're first of this caliber as like a a married couple. I'm Um, exhausted just thinking about it. It's so much. So a little bit of background is this is 16 days. And throughout the 16 days, there are 76 engagements. Nope. That is so many. That's so much stuff. Literally having one thing to do a day, which is show up to work, some days is too much for me. Can't do it. (laughs) Can't do it. Won't do it. It's only been the first few days and we're already seeing her, Megan, that is, change outfits, you know, two, three times a day. So because of Megan's... Such busy schedule, she flew out her stylist. Drum roll, please. Friend of the podcast. <laughs> Jessica Mulrooney. My best friend in my head. Note, not actual friend to the podcast. I said best friend in my head. <laughs> oh, sorry. So she uh, flew out apparently on an unofficial basis, which means that Jessica and Ben Mulrooney paid for themselves, which I don't really believe because she is on Megan's payroll as her stylist. Yeah, maybe she's getting paid for, like, her styling duties, but they paid for their own flight. So, flights. Yeah. Or something like that. I don't know. So, it's a really, it's going to be a busy couple of weeks. It's going to be busy. There's a lot of koalas. There's a lot of koalas. And they're rolling up with a, a pretty big entourage. Yeah, they have a pretty big entourage. They are traveling with a whole bunch of people. Um, so, we have... Samantha Cohen, who is uh, their private secretary, and apparently Meghan Markle's private trainer. She's the one in charge of making sure that Meghan's royal boot camp goes accordingly. So she's not, for those of you who may have thought she is exercising her, she's only mentally and behaviorally exercising her. Yes, she is (laughs) tasked by the Queen to give Markle six months of royal tutelage. And what better way... What better way than to send them on a big ass trip to Australia? To Australia. Um, okay, then we have one of our our favorite people, Amy Pickerel, who is um, Megan's deputy private sec- secretary. Um, this morning we woke up and we saw that. So we follow this Twitter account, uh, Megan's Mirror, which tells us within seconds most of the time what Megan is wearing. Whether it's like six seasons old or brand new or sold out, they find it. They're doing um, God's work, really. They're doing God's work. And today we woke up and found out that there is a What Amy Wore, or sorry, Amy's Mirror. And it is uh, 
It's just documenting what her personal assistant is wearing. Which I love because I just imagine it like being like made in Manhattan where it's like, this doesn't fit me. You can wear it. And then Amy just puts on a new shirt. She's like, let's <laughs> Um, They are also traveling with three communication staffers, program coordinator, uh, an orderly, personal assistant, hairdresser, and their digital officer, who I assume is their communications person. Basically. Who literally just tweets and Snapchats the whole thing. That would be the best job. Yeah, it would. Anyway, so they're traveling with quite a big crew. And in addition, there's a ton of security that is kind of surrounding them they at had, all times. They had snipers on the Sydney Opera House overlooking their walkabout just in case anyone tried to pull a fast one. That's terrifying. She's pregnant now. You got to protect the seventh in line to the throne. <laughs> no one cares after five. Hey, you never know. Never know what might happen. That's true. I hated those stories that are like, will Meghan and Harry's baby ever be king? I'm like, you're literally condemning my little baby George yeah, and Charlotte you George alone. and Louis to death to fulfill some sick fantasy. We're going to take a quick break, um, but when we come back, we are going to talk about how the royals actually get to Australia. Stay with us. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. Back. <laughs> and we're back. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. So one of the things when planning a royal tour is logistics. And you may think that like Prince Charles, who only flies private, that Meghan and Harry would do the same. Not so, my friend. They travel commercial. They do. They are, and they, I wonder if they have a personal toilet seat cover. They're too good for the tissues that to just make a nest, Megan. Hover, hover. That's what I do. <laughs> a couple of ex episodes ago, you may remember we revealed that Prince Charles apparently has his own toilet seat. Not just a toilet seat. <laughs> a white leather toilet seat. It's a white leather toilet seat. Um, Harry and Megan. To be confirmed. Uh, but they do fly commercial. So if they have their own, they just carry it with them. 
when our pals, the Royals, travel, uh, they don't just travel like us, where you buy, like, a piece of luggage from uh, the bay on sale in, like, 1996, and you still use it even though the zipper doesn't close, uh, and then you just wrap a plastic bag around <laughs> it. <laughs> they don't do that, unfortunately. Um, they are a little more stylish travelers. So on William's trip to Australia, which is kind of like what maybe Harry and Meg should should kind of go for. Um, Royal Watchers were given a glimpse of his luggage, which was emblazoned with the letter W and a crown. Because his name is William, and he's a royal. Do you ever think, though, like I do this, I put like a, a colorful ribbon on it so that when it's in the luggage carousel, I can see it. They're like, which one's yours? <laughs> he's like, oh, it's the, the W with the crown. Exactly. Oh, I don't know what accent that was. So when the royals travel, there is a weird rule. Um, I don't think it's always enforced, um, but the rule or the protocol dictates that two heirs to the throne should never never travel together. So Prince Charles should not travel with Prince William. William should not travel with George, etc. Um, they actually kind of made headlines for this when they came to Canada in 2016 because they all flew together. I remember my parents actually being like this when we were younger. Like if they had to travel alone or travel together, they used to like always talk about who gets the kids if something ever happened to them. Nothing ever did. Um, all immigration rules apply for the royals. They are not exempt from any, um, you know, customs lines. I guess, I guess they probably get the easy pass. Oh, yeah. They <laughs> They're go not that the short line for like the frequent businessmen who travel or like, like when you're standing in the really long line and like the airline people get to go up and just go through. Yeah. Man, what a life. They definitely take advantage of TSA. However, the queen still has to do a security check. Although she doesn't have a passport. She doesn't have a driver's license either. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> just like the queen. <laughs> no, the queen is the only person who doesn't need a passport and she doesn't have a driver's license, which I mean, I mean, she's the queen. But could you imagine, like, being the person to, like, pat down the queen and just being like, I don't even think if I saw the queen, I'd believe. I think it was a person and character as the queen. I guess that's why you got to do the identity check. That's could, true. You rip off the queen mask and it's baldy baby or something. Oh, this next rule goes to what we were just talking about. Oh, so sad. No track pants when you fly. Oh, man, I think about, okay, I don't like wearing track pants. I find them disgusting. Uh, but I do like wearing a good pair of uh, leggings. So I wonder if leggings are also exempt. I imagine so. I mean, I have this whole thing that leggings aren't pants. Don't get me started. Don't at me. I'm not wearing them to work. But I also feel like if you're traveling, maybe what they do is they wear comfy clothes once they're on the plane and then they change before they get off the plane. Yeah. Is this like does someone on the plane is one of their 12 people on their security team like tasked with making sure they're not wearing track pants at any time? Like, Harry goes to put his glasses on before bed, comes out wearing chalkies, and they're like, excuse me, mate, gotta pants up. <laughs> I don't want to see, I don't even want to see anyone in this office in track pants. Whenever sports like comes in, too. whenever sports comes in in track pants, I'm like, guys, we're never going to be the times if you keep dressing like this. Like, we need to up our game. However, on a 24-hour flight, I'm going to allow you an elastic waist pant. Yeah, I agree. I think it's only fair. The least I can do. If they rolled off the plane wearing track pants, 
That would be lame. Could you imagine? Actually, it'd be hilarious. If they, like, ruled off the plane with, like, that neck pillow <laughs> just around their neck and, like, headphones. It's and like they're, they're like, all arriving to Tallahassee, Exactly. <laughs> it starts now. <laughs> Tallahassee 2018. <laughs> um, so all things considered, what is the price tag for a royal trip like this? Well, it kind of varies. You would think that a lot of places would just want to be known as the place where William and Kate stayed, like in exchange for them staying, but apparently royals aren't allowed to do that. That's kind of weird. That's all I was going to say. I like it, though. I mean, from the flip side, my my taxes don't go to funding this for them. Right. So maybe I'd be like, hey, take the free stay at the Marriott. I don't really care what you do. Um, so when Prince William went to Japan by himself, Japan and China, um, his tour cost about $100,000, um, and Kate's trip to New York with William, um, cost, it was like a pretty modest royal trip, only cost $26,000. Nice. Again, I don't know where that comes from, that number comes from. We'll just believe it. I mean, I could try. I could probably spend that much if I tried really hard. Um... One of the things, though, that we've been talking about a lot with the royals, and especially with Meghan Markle, is who's funding this tour wardrobe? You are, my friend. You are. If you are the British public, then yes, you are. The royals aren't allowed to accept free clothes from designers. Um, So Kate can't take her McQueen for free. Meghan can't take her Givenchy. But what they do instead is their designers... Um, will have clothes sent and they kind of like look through them, pick their favorites, and they have to pay for the ones they keep. So you have to pay for the ones they keep. No word if it's like at cost, but I mean, some of these price tags can be about like $20,000 for a dress. Yeah, Megan wears a lot of, and so does Kate, they wear a lot of bespoke, one-of-a-kind type creations and that stuff isn't cheap. Apparently, the royals are given about a $6 million budget per year by Prince Charles um, to cover the salaries and expenses of their team. And from that budget comes their, you know, wardrobe costs and travel. One report estimated that Kate Middleton spent $400,000 a year on clothing. That's a lot. That's wild. And with Meghan Markle's engagement photo dress costing, like, $78,000 just for one dress. It's going to run, it's going to run this total way up. This reminds me, um, our intrepid journalist, Elizabeth DiFilippo, is doing a running total of Meghan Markle's Australia wardrobe cost that you can check out on our website, Yahoo Canada Style. We first did this with uh, her wardrobe cost for Ireland, which was, what was it, $50,000 in 24 hours? That's yep. insane. So it's going to be pretty high. 16 days, 76 engagements. That's $5.8 million. <laughs> it's going to be high. Good Lord. Uh, so that brings us to the end of this podcast. And we have some big news. We've been teasing it since the beginning of the episode. So thank you to everyone who stuck through and listened. We have an announcement about our podcast Um, We've been doing Make It Rain for about six months now, and um, we are going to be taking a bit of a break. We're going to be going into a bit of a hibernation mode for a little while when we work on something really cool. And uh, 
exciting that we're really excited about. What have been some of your highlights from our first season? Oh boy, too many names. <laughs> <laughs> um, my highlights from our first season, uh, having Elaine Louis on the podcast was a dream come true. She was so wonderful and such a pleasure to talk to. Um, I passed out. I passed out. I passed right out. I fell on the floor after. Um, I loved our Royal Book Clubs. I thought that was really fun. And I liked all our guests. The shining light for me was our fan, Rachel Stein, in New Zealand, who always supported us from the beginning. She was right there, giving us LOLs from, from day one. She truly She's the is. the best. Rachel, we love you. Couldn't have done without you. Uh, so yeah, that pretty much wraps it up. Um, we'll be back. Don't worry about that. Um, but in the meantime, you can check out our website, Yahoo Canada Style, um, for updates on where we're going next season with this podcast and all the uh, other royal gossip and news that you could ever need. And for the last time this season, you can also check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And be sure to subscribe so that you get the new episode when we come back. Right to your phone. Right to your phone. And that's it for us. Good night and good luck.